We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Hello and happy Father's Day. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. I am so happy that you are here with me today, this special Father's Day service. Now, thank you for sharing today with me. I love to hear from you. I mean, seriously, and that's not a cliche. I love, to, I love to hear from you. I love to read from you. So you can email me, pastor.eddie at gatewaychapel.org.uk. That's not a cliche. So email me. I will do everything possible to reply you and get connected with you, all right? So I love reading from people all over the world. I love hearing from you as well. You are blessed. Now, where you are right now, I believe that God Almighty will bless you and his hand will rest upon you in the name of Jesus. I believe that today is such a special day, a day that is set aside to celebrate fatherhood and fathers. You are blessed in Jesus' mighty. So today, very quickly, I'm going to talk about three things, okay? First, I want to talk briefly about fatherhood. Two, I want to share my best character recommendation with you. And three, I want to pray for you, okay? So I feel, I feel so privileged right now that you are watching this with me on Father's Day ministering to you. You are blessed. So don't rush off today. Don't rush off, all right? You take time out, you know, honor me, and I pray that God will honor you in the name of Jesus. So wait, wait stay throughout the course of this service. You are blessed. So I want to share with you my, my thoughts on fatherhood. I want to share with you my best recommendation as a father, in terms of I mean, character recommendation as a father. And number three, I want to pray with you. Stay for the prayer. <laughs> at least you are blessed. It's a huge responsibility and a huge calling to be a father. It's a huge responsibility and a huge calling. Any man can father a child, but not every man is a father. Any man can father a child, but not every man is a father. So when I talk about fatherhood today, I'm talking about a role and a function and not just a biological relationship. I am talking. So for me, every time we talk about, uh, we celebrate Father's Day, uh, we celebrate fathers all over the world and fathers-to-be. But most importantly, I, I look at um, fatherhood not just from a biological relationship point of view, but from a role and a function. And I want to talk about that briefly. For me, fatherhood is a calling. Fatherhood is a calling. I've had the privilege of fathering and acting as a father figure for, for, people, for people for the past 17 years of ministry. So for me, fatherhood is a calling. And as we celebrate fathers today, I want you to have a father in your life. You must have a father in your life. If your biological father can play that role, great. But if not, get yourself a daddy. <laughs> get yourself a daddy. All right? So make sure that there's someone you have placed in that position in your heart. Make sure there's someone you have placed in a father's position in your heart. Listen very carefully. Very carefully. Our whole, the whole world today is upside down, I personally believe, because of the lack of fatherhood. All right? Fatherhood is missing. Not just fathers. Fatherhood is missing. 
Fatherhood for me is a function, is a calling, is a responsibility, and it has its job description, and we'll look at that in a moment, all right? So that role must not be vacant in your life. The role of fatherhood must not be vacant in your life, all right? And I say it again, the role must not be vacant in your life no matter how old you are. Get yourself a daddy, all right? So no matter. Now, someone will say, oh, well, uh, pastor, uh, yes, I have a father, but um, I, I never had uh, a good relationship with my father, you know? So listen very carefully. If you, if you didn't have a good Relationship with your father does not mean that someone should not be occupying that position, all right? So now what I'm saying is this. It, anyone, any man can father a child, but not everyone can be a father. So what I'm saying is you need a father. Now, if your biological father can do that, play the role of fatherhood in your life, wow, great. If not, whatever happens, that role that function must be performed. That role, that function must be performed and you must ensure that that role and that function is not vacant in your life. Get yourself a daddy. Fathers are feathers. They help you fly. Fathers are funders. They help you with finances. Seriously, seriously. My spiritual sons and daughters cost me a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, fathers are funders. They help you with finances. Fathers are faith builders. Faith builders. They build your faith. They encourage you and they get, get, get going. Fathers further your cause. Fathers further your cause. Fathers are cheerleaders. Fathers help you see further. Fathers are extra hand, extra heads, and extra hearts. You need these things, my friend, for you to be a complete and whole individual on this earth. So get yourself a daddy. No matter what happens, your, that role must never be um, vacant. But however, uh, to be a good father, you need a model. You need a model to be a good father. An example of a father that you can pattern yourself. The, the, the fact of the matter is that if you have never been fathered, you may not know how to father yourself. So whether you, where do you find such uh, example of a perfect and great father? Well, guess where? In the Bible, of course. And so we're going to be looking at God this morning in talking about the, the, the role of a father. So I want to share my thoughts on fatherhood with you. I want to share with you my highly recommended um, character recommendation as a father. And number three, I want to pray for you in this short service. All right? So let's look at um, uh, 1 John. Let's look at 1 John. But first, I want to look at, look at this scripture. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord, says the God Almighty. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Praise God. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those 
who fear him. So the best way to look at fatherhood, we look at scriptures, we look at God, God, God himself uh, as a father. And we, and we can take those examples from scripture. So 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he, loved, he first loved us. So God loves his children. We must have people in our life, we must have love, we must love those who look up to us as fathers. We must love those who look up to us as fathers. And we must also put people in our lives that we look up to as fathers. That's where the balance comes in. You must have a father figure in your life. God is a, God loves his children. God loves his children, and we are made in the image of God. And so we should love our children. And so you too must have someone in your life who loves you. 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. All right? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, verse 8. While we were still sinners, while we didn't feel, uh, while we didn't qualify, you know what? He still died for us. He died for us even in our state. So we want to make sure as fathers, we will reach out to our children. He loved us and loved us first. He didn't wait for us to meet his expectation. All right? God did not wait for us to meet his expectation. And so we should, we should not wait for our children, our spiritual children, to, to meet up with our expectation before we make the connection and perform the role of fatherhood. And so you also must have someone in your life that you look up to, a father figure, a mentor that can act as your father, all right, that does not wait for you to meet his expectation before he loves on you. Praise the Lord. He didn't wait for us to meet his expectation. A true father never waits for you to meet his expectation. A true father never waits for you to meet his expectation. And so you must also have someone in your life as a father who will not wait for you to meet his expectation. I am talking about fatherhood. The Bible says also, also um, God didn't wait for us to measure up. He didn't wait for us to measure up to his standards. The Bible says he loved us first. He loved us first. God loved you first. And the Bible says that we were, we are made in the image of God. And so you must love your children first. And do not wait for them to measure up to your standard. Never wait. You also, my friend, you must have someone in your life that will not wait for you to measure up to his standard before he loves on you. God never stops loving. It, it may anger him when we disobey. It may sadden him when we stray, but he never stops loving. A father never stops loving. A father never stops loving. God never stops loving. And we are made in the image of God. We should never stop loving. And you must have someone. You can say, I'm saying it over and over and over again. So you can, so you can sink into your spirit. And you must have someone in your life who will never stop loving you. Fatherhood is a double-edged sword. Romans 8, 39 says, I am convinced that neither death nor life. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, 
neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, God loves his children. So should we. And you must have someone in your life who also loves you unconditionally and who does not place demands on you and who does not expect to measure up before he loves on you. Praise the Lord. God loves his children. Number two, you also know something about Father God, that the Father God encourages his children. The Father God encourages his children. You see, the Bible says, the Bible says that if you look through the Bible, you will see instances where God constantly encouraged his children. And as fathers, we must encourage our children. And you must have someone in your life who constantly encourages you. God is quick to encourage his, his children. We must be quick to encourage those who look up to us. As a father and as fathers, we must be quick to encourage those who look up to us. And you, my friend, must have someone in your life who is quick to encourage you in everything that you do. God encouraged Moses at, um, at the burning bush, at the burning bush, when he told him to deliver a nation. God came and gave Moses his purpose in life. He gave him an assignment. I mean, just look at the lengthy awkward conversation Moses had with God in Exodus chapter 3. Oh, he was coming up with all sorts of reasons why he cannot do what God has called him to do. I cannot talk. You know, God, they won't listen to me. You know, I have a stutter. I cannot speak. How can I prove you exist? What will I tell them that who sent me? You know, I am that I am. What is that? They won't believe me. But just look at the, just look at the posture of God the Father. He listened to Moses. When Moses went on and on, and he encouraged Moses, and every single barrier that Moses brought before God, God gave him an answer. A father always encourages his children. As fathers, we must encourage our children. And we as individuals and adults must have someone in our lives Someone who loves us, who does not expect us to measure to his standard, right? Someone in our life who will also constantly, continually encourage us. God encouraged him and answered all his questions. At some point, God said, hey, listen, look, Aaron, your brother, is, is coming, all right? So help, he will help you. Come on. God encouraged Moses. We also see the similar thing in the time of Joshua. God encouraged Joshua as Joshua set out to conquer the promised land. As Joshua set out to conquer the promised land. And we just look at Joshua chapter 1. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And, and, and that's just see. And God was constantly, God saw the things that his children could do, and he encouraged them to go out and do it. A father encourages his children to do what the father knows that they are capable of doing and encourages them to do, the, to do it. And also you must have a father, a father figure in your life. If a pastor, my father is late, then listen, 
My father has gone to be with the Lord. My father is late. But it doesn't mean that that role, that function must not be performed in your life. I'm 54 years old, right? And I still have a father figure in my life. Someone who encourages me, someone who does not expect me to measure up to his standard, and someone who constantly just gets me going and my favorite and permanent cheerleader. So that's what fathers do. That is what you should look out for in a father figure. Look out for a father who, um, who will encourage you and who will be there for you. And sometimes you will find that even biological parents, right, they can tear their children down. They can call their kids horrible names. They can, in anger, they can say so many things they don't mean, right? And so there are things that even parents, they can call their names horrible names, right? And so sometimes parents can also provide, give double standards, you know, and they can confuse their kids. But God their father does not. So even if your biological parent, your biological father cannot deliver this high function, high calling of being a father, right, to your life, it doesn't mean that that function should be missing in your life. Praise the Lord. Number three, I said today in this service, I'm going to share with you my thoughts about fatherhood, and that which is what I'm doing now. And secondly, I'm going to share with you my favorite character recommendation as a father. And number three, I want to pray for you. Number three, the father, God the father disciplines his children. He disciplines his children. God the Father disciplines his children. Yes, God is good. He is a loving father. Yes, he disciplines his children. He disciplines because of his goodness. He disciplines because of his love. You need a father in your life whom you have given the authority to discipline you. And we must also discipline our children. We must also discipline our children. A good father disciplines his children. And the Bible, no, and the Bible, God also disciplines his children. Now, if you are a single lady, I, have, I always recommend and I highly, highly recommend never date a guy. Never date a guy who does not have a father figure in his life that disciplines him. Avoid dating men. Avoid going out with guys who do not have a, 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 a in fact, one question you should always ask is, who are you afraid of? Whose words matter to you? Whose instruction, right, is the last? Whose instruction do you submit to? And I think, I personally think, I mean, I personally think that is a conversation you should have on your first date without, you know, without really saying, without really coming out and saying, well, okay, okay, let me just check this guy out. Well, part of you checking out the guy is to ask him, right, in a very nice way, oh, have you got anyone you look up to as a father figure? Now, I'm not saying that your biological father must play this role, but there's got to be someone. Listen to me very carefully. The number of domestic violence in our society is very high. The number of women who suffer domestic abuse is very high. And I always say this, right? If you have not been fathered properly, you will also struggle to father. Now, you may think that you're doing a good job, but listen, my brother and my, listen, my friend, you have not been tested. So uh, I, I have people in my life, I have given the right to discipline me Correct me. There are people in my life I fear and honor. So if you're a young girl, you're a young lady, ask, ask the guy, ask your, ask your, your guy, who do you fear and honor? Whose words matter to you? Whose words matter to you? Don't be a law to yourself. Don't say, I can sort myself out because, because uh, I can sort myself out and know what to do. Listen, my friend, 
you have not been tested. And so we must have God the Father disciplines his children. And so as fathers, we must also discipline our children. But most importantly, you must have someone in your life who can call you to order. You must have someone in your life who can discipline you. You must have someone in your life who can look at you and tell you, son, you are wrong. You must have someone in your life you honor and fear. That function, that role, that function must not be missing in your life. Whether your biological father is, um, uh, is alive or not, it's irrelevant. That function must never be missing in your life. Welcome to Father's Day. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 5 says, Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. And we are made in the image of God. And so we should discipline our children. And we should also have people in our lives who will discipline us. So my question to you is, who can God use to discipline you? Who can God use to discipline you? And if you are here under the sound of my voice and you are not yet married, when you go out for dinner and you're having a child and you're having, a, you know, having dinner, jokingly ask, my friend, who can God use to discipline you? If there's nobody, my friend, run! <laughs> oh, my goodness. If, if your answer is nobody, my friend, uh, I don't care how good you think you are, you are a risk. At least, let me say that slowly. If there's no one, if you have not placed anyone in a position where you can be disciplined, I don't care how good you think you are, you are a huge risk. God disciplines his children. As fathers, we should discipline our children. Who can discipline you? Think about it. Is there anybody right now that you can say categorically, if I'm ever in error, if I'm ever in error, this man can call me to order. There's no one like that in your life. Stop and fix it because you will need it for the long run. Proverbs 3 verse 12 says, The Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So, question. Who loves you enough to correct you? Is there anybody in your life who really loves you enough to look at you eyeball to eyeball and say, girl, don't do that. Son, don't do that. And then sincerely, you will respond to that instruction. Is there? Hebrews 12 verse 10 says, they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good in order that we may share in his holiness. But the Bible says God disciplines us. How does God do that? He uses people to discipline people. And so as a growing Christian, it is, in your, it is your responsibility to ensure that you, have, that you place someone in a position and you place yourself in a position where you can be disciplined. 
It says, verse 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. We are trained by discipline. We are trained by discipline. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. That's my thought about, uh, about uh, fatherhood. Now, let me share my best character recommendation as a father with you. My best uh, character recommendation as a father is teachability. Teachability. You must be teachable. As a father, you must be teachable. There's something about a son who knows that his father is teachable. As Christians, without teachability, it will be impossible for you to follow Jesus. Especially in hard times. Hard times require us to do three things. Hard times require us to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Jesus shows us how to do this. So let me quickly answer two simple questions. Why should I stay teachable? Why should I stay teachable? Now, as a father myself, I ask myself that question, why should I stay teachable? And how do I stay teachable? Number one, how do, why, why should I stay teachable? Because it's easy to allow ourselves to become unteachable. Very easy. It's easy, especially as you grow Especially when you start having your own kids. It's very easy. It's very easy for the spirit of pride to kick in and you wouldn't even know. It's very easy. But staying teachable throughout the entire course of our lives is very critical. So you must stay teachable. A father must be teachable. A father must be teachable. And if you are a father, under the sound of my voice right now, if you are not teachable, you can easily raise rebellious children. Because at home, those kids know that daddy is not teachable. Those kids know that daddy does, daddy does not have a father figure in his life. That those kids, your children know that, that you are answerable to no one. And it's a matter of time, they will not be answerable to you. God uses tough times as, tough, tough times as teaching opportunities. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy, of great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. NLT. Yeah? So this is, um, this is how people get stuck spiritually. They refuse to grow. They refuse to be teachable. Some people get stuck for decades, never progressing forward spiritually. You don't want to find yourself doing, uh, in that kind of position. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 29 says, For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. So refusing to be teachable creates negative life consequences. He said, for they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid, paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit 
of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Choking on their own schemes. All right? So God will always allow you to test your life conclusions. In other words, God will not force you against your will. You've got to be teachable. As parents, as fathers, you've got to be teachable. And in you being teachable, you also, te you also encourage your children to be teachable. God will always allow you to test out whatever conclusions you have come to. And so sometimes when things go south or go, go pear-shaped, it's not as if God is punishing us. But we are just simply reaping, reaping the fruit of what we have sown. So often we are, unteachable. we are unteachable. We tell God how life should work. We tell God what to do. We reject his advice. And if we continue doing that, we will simply reap the fruit of the seed we have sown. So being teachable is a big deal. Refusing to be teachable is resisting the Holy Spirit. Acts 11, Acts 7, verse 51. It says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's, that's what your ancestors did, and so do you. So refusing to be teachable is resisting the Holy Spirit. John 14, 7 says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. John 14, 17. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. So we must be teachable to receive direction from the Holy Spirit. But when we resist the Holy Spirit working in our lives, he can prompt us, he can prompt us, reveal things to us, try to correct our paths, and we can, be, we can be stubborn and not respond to the leading and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. So you must be teachable. You must be teachable. And you know what? Funny thing is that the more you resist the voice of the Holy Spirit, the more you resist, the quieter the voice becomes, the softer the voice, the voice gets. And after some time, you will no longer hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So last, the last, next question is, how do I stay teachable? Very simple. Number one, pursue humility. Proverbs 11.2 says, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Pursue humility. Proverbs 18.12, haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility precedes honor. Pursue humility. Psalm 106, Psalm 10, verse 6. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. Humility is one single influential quality a Christian must have in order to grow. How do I stay teachable? Stay humble. Stay humble. Now, I've been pastoring for, for 17 years now. There's still so much I need to learn. And I learned from everyone around me. Stay humble. Stay humble. How do you stay humble? Constantly expose yourself to the word of God. And also hang around humble people. <laughs> and lastly, be a learner. I'm still learning. The word disciple comes from the Latin word disciplos, meaning student. 
The word disciple is from a Latin word, disciplina, meaning instruction and training. It's from the root word, desire, to learn, to learn, be a learner. I'm still learning. And God can use anyone to teach you. God can use anyone to train you. So be willing to learn. Be teachable. Be teachable. Be teachable. Praise the Lord. So I've shared with you, number one, my heart on fatherhood. I've shared with you my um, character, my favorite character recommendation. I want to spend the next few minutes praying for you as a father. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James 1 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. I command the good and perfect gift from heaven to rest upon you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray a prophetic prayer over you today. I pray a father's prayer over you today that let your life begin to reflect every good and perfect thing, that perfect gift from above in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not lack any good thing and you will not lack any perfect gift in the mighty name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 27 verse 28 says, May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches. I pray for you as your father. I pray for you as your teacher, your apostle, your prophet. I decree in the name of Jesus that my God will give you heaven's dew. May God give you heaven's dew according to his word and the earth's riches. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every form of limitation in your life. I command every form of stagnation to be broken right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You have come to this service and you have honored me. I pray for heaven's honor over you in the mighty name of Jesus. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that you will not be held back. You will not be resisted by the ways of the, un of the ungodly. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, but those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, whose which yields its fruit in season. I prophesy over you today that you will yield your fruit in any season in the name of Jesus. I pray for visibility over the works of your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for visibility. I pray for increase. I pray for growth. In the mighty name of Jesus, may my God be your rock. According to 2 Samuel 22, it says, God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. May my God be your rock. In the mighty name of Jesus, I cover you with the blood of Jesus. May you take refuge and the shield and shield in, under the wings of the almighty God in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, he is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior. May my God be your stronghold. May my God be your refuge and may my God be your savior. He says, he's my refuge. 
refuge from violent people. It is my, re- it's my refuge from violent people you saved me from. Say, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. May my God hear you in the days of trouble. May heaven hear you in the days of trouble. May heaven hear you in the, in the days of trouble. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will go from strength to strength. This Father's Day marks the beginning of a new day in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will go from strength to strength. You will increase daily in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, you are a city set upon a hill. I command your light to shine in the name of Jesus. In all that you do, I command your light to shine. In all that you do, I command your light to shine. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and you say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, listen to this old man. (laughs) Get a daddy. All right? Now, Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. I speak your peace. I speak your peace. I decree your peace over them in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree that a shout of joy will not depart from the households. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.